0: All right. Well, it's good to be back. Uh, some of y'all know me. Some of y'all don't. I used to be, I was the lead pastor up the hill, as we say, for a long time. Retired four years ago, and, and been here off and on. I've preached here since I retired, but I don't think I've preached down here since the recent unpleasantness. And uh, it is good to be back. I was. We had the Methodist Annual Conference this week, and met, had lunch with David Shoemaker, who was the the connection pastor. When we started this building, and he, we were telling his connection stories and uh, thinking about what's happening and what's, what's been happening, and talked about it. when we first came into this building. This building was a mess. Uh, that room, there was a hole in the ceiling. I mean, the ceiling was, just wasn't there. And then we came in this room, and this room was, was a mess, but it, it, was, it looked intact. But it had a, a drop ceiling. It had a drop ceiling. I can remember, and David and I were talking about this just this week, how we pulled away the tiles and drop ceiling and saw this ceiling and said, hey, you know, we could do something with that. We could make this a very special place. And with the help of a lot of people, it's become the connection that we've known. But it was good to see David and good to reminisce and and talk about that. And he's still thinking about y'all, and he's moving and becoming the pastor of First Methodist at Crystal Springs this year. So he's got a lot going on in his life. And his kids who were this small when, when he left are bigger than he is. So... That's the way life goes. But it's good to be with you today, and it is an honor to be down here. I appreciate Will and the band and everyone who worked so hard to make this happen. going to read from Colossians, uh, first chapter. I'll pick up with the third verse, I believe. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it's been doing among you since the day you first heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Paul writes long sentences as you notice this. And giving great thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I heard it this week, but it's a a variation of something that I have heard pretty much all my career. Last week I heard someone saying on TV, we're tired of your thoughts and prayers. And I know there was a particular political context for for them saying that. But once again, it's not the first time I've heard someone say that. I I, I can remember a long time ago I heard someone say it this way. "You, You Christians like to say that you'll pray when something like this happens, whether it's a disaster or some, some human error, but then you never do anything. And that person, too, was probably trying to make some political point as well as a religious point. And the political point didn't concern me, but it did start me thinking because I, I, I've been around the church long enough to know that we do kind of get in these, these, these habits where something bad happens... And we reflexively go, we'll be praying for you. It's kind of like saying, God bless you when someone sneezes. We just do it automatically. There's nothing wrong with that unless we just go our way and don't bother following up with the prayer part. Or unless we do remember to lift them up to God in prayer and then we think, well, I've done my bit. That's all I can do. And we just go our way. And so as I was thinking about that, I, this is the sermon I came up with. First, prayer is a good thing. Praying is always a good thing and the right thing. Prayer is doing something. Uh, you know, I, I, I think part of the criticism is that that. it it treats it as if prayer is not really doing anything. And that's simply not true. I disagree wholeheartedly. Prayer is an action. It connects people with God. Prayer is communication. Prayer builds relationship. Prayer, when it's done right, lets us express what we need to express to God, and it helps us to, to feel God's presence. And if we're doing it right, It helps us hear what God has to say to us. But whether we're praising or thanking or asking for something or lifting someone else up or for all the different reasons that we pray, prayer is action. Prayer is doing something. We are building and strengthening our connection with God. And in doing so, it connects us with the the power that God has sent into this world through the Holy Spirit, through His grace, to help us us do things, to help us live, to help us be the people He knows we can be. Prayer connects us with God, but also prayer connects us with people. I think of a story from my very first church up in North Carolina where I was serving as as the associate pastor and the the youth minister while while I was going to school at Duke. So it's a long time ago, but there was this little old man who came to church every Sunday. He could not hear thunder. He could His, his eyesight was almost as bad. You knew good and well that he could not hear the sermon, and he might hear just a little bit of the music. This, this was a long time ago. Small church didn't have all those fancy uh, assisted hearing things that we have in our churches today, didn't have a fancy sound system at all. One day the pastor went up to him and asked him, you know, you know why he came? And what was he, what was he doing? What was he thinking in the, in the service? And he said, yeah, he admitted that, that he came and he really did not hear what was going on. He said, so what I do every week while I'm sitting there is I pray for everyone in the sanctuary, I know most all of them. I'm kin to a lot of them. And he was. It was one of those sort of churches. But I'll sit there and I'll just go through the sanctuary. He, he could see a lot from, kind of. he had a good vantage point. He could see just about everybody. And he would pray for this one. And he would pray for that one. He said, you know, I know their names and I pray. For, I sometimes know what's going on with them. And if I don't happen to know their name or just forgot it, I say, God, you know who they are. You know what they need. And I pray for them. And that is what I do every Sunday. For him, prayer was not just a gesture. It was not just an intention. Prayer was doing something real, a connection not just with God, but a connection also among his church family. It was what he could do with what he had in that moment and that time. Prayer is real. It is powerful it is doing something it is an action if you've ever had your friends pray for you in a time when you were you really were sick or you really were facing a big surgery you can feel that power you have felt it prayer is an action but it doesn't need to be the only action and 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 i'll I'll come back to this in a minute but I, i will remind you that that the fact that we're praying does not stop us from doing other things. Even while we're praying, Paul reminds us to pray without ceasing, which says to me that you can work and pray at the same time. Now, you don't have to kneel down and close your eyes and bow your head in order to pray. Sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes you want to block off everything else. Sometimes you want to concentrate. But you don't have to do it every time you pray. There are other times, like when you are working, when you're driving, that you can pray, but you can also keep your eyes open. I do have back, way back in my, my clipping files, I always clip interesting stories, the story of a woman in Florida. She closed her eyes to pray while she was driving, and she ran a stop sign and went and off the road and hit a house. She was okay. The house needed a little work. The car wasn't okay at all. Even Paul would say, you know, pray without ceasing, but it's okay to keep your eyes open while you do it. Prayer is doing something. And sometimes prayer is the only thing that we can do. There are times when the situation is so big that it just overwhelms us. There are times when everything humanly possible has been done. There are times when we just don't know what else to do. There are times when Yeah, something needs to be done, but we're not the person. We don't have the skills when we're not the person on the scene and it's happening someplace else where we're concerned. But God's got us working and God's got us busy taking care of something else right now. And just to be clear, I'm not saying that we need to wait until things get out of hand to start praying. We should be praying all the time. We don't ever really want to get to that point where you say, well, there's nothing left to do but pray. We should have been praying all along. That's what Paul's talking about when he was telling the Colossians. Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with knowledge of His will through wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. You don't have to wait the crisis to start praying. You don't have to wait till things get out of hand to start praying. You pray all along. And there are going to be some times when prayer is your only option, when prayer is all you can do, but there are going to be plenty of times when it is not. doesn't mean that we don't pray. It just means our prayer is doesn't stop us from doing what we can. If you read the Bible, it's clear that relying on God and praying does not stop us from taking actions. In fact, throughout the Bible, God calls the faithful to action. I'm fond of saying that I believe in miracles, but I also believe that God is not going to go and do a miracle when all that is required is a little hard work on our part. I do think that's kind of how the world works. And throughout the Bible, God uses people. God sends people. God calls people to action. And even when God is doing a great miracle, people are still at work. God is still using the actions of people. God performed many miracles to bring His people out of Egypt and into the Promised Land, parting the sea, bringing the manna, all these other things. But the people still had to get up and walk. They still had to do something. God did not just pick them up and lift them up out of Egypt and plant them down 40 years later in the promised land. There was a lot of work that they had to do along the way. Jesus fed the multitude, but he used a small boy's gift of his lunch to do it. And even the greatest miracle of all, bringing the Son of God into the world as a tiny little baby, God did not act alone. Mary and Joseph raised this child. It wasn't God who carried that baby for nine months before it was born. And it wasn't God, it probably wasn't Joseph who got up in the middle of the night and fed the baby and changed the baby and did all those other things. God brought His Son into the world with a miracle. But there were still people with things they had to do. Listen to these words from the epistle of James. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Listen to John. John and James don't always agree, but they do agree here. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us love not with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Both these Disciples say, our love, our faith, our prayers must move us to action. We may not be able to do everything, but each of us is to do whatever it is that we can do. And so how does prayer fit into this? Well, we pray for guidance. You know, every prayer should include, God, tell me what I can do. Tell me how I can help. And then, and this is coming down to the tricky part, then we have to stop and listen for an answer. And sometimes the answer will be, well, leave it to me. Sometimes the answer will be, I got this covered. Someone else will take care of this. But sometimes God will tell us exactly what needs to be done and how to do it. Sometimes God will open a door and lay a challenge before us. Sometimes God will say, here's what I want you to do. Go and do it. And you're the only person. You're the right person. But we have to listen. We have to watch because God does not always write it in fiery letters across the sky. God does not always put it verbally and whisper it into our ears. Sometimes there's signs. Sometimes there's those open doors. Sometimes there's opportunities. But God will find a way to let you know. But part of our praying is taking time to look for an answer. Being good Southerners, I I, I haven't met all of y'all yet. You're all We're all claiming you're all Southerners now in case you moved here from somewhere else. Being good Southerners, we often end a conversation saying, let me know if there's something else I can do. It's one of those kind of automatic, polite things that Southerners say to each other. And then we get a little surprised and flabbergasted when, when they come back to us, well, since you asked, you could do this for me. And then all of a sudden, well, you know, I, I meant it, but I didn't really mean it that much. You know, we, we, we kind of do that. If we say to God let me know what I need to do, then we need to take time to listen when God says, well, it just so happens. It just so happens. We pray for guidance. We pray to know what needs to be done and how we can help. We pray for the power to do the job because we don't have to do it alone. We have other resources. We have the church. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have God's power added to our own strength through the Spirit. We have wisdom. We have guidance. We have answers. Uh, you know, we need the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit that have helped the church for, since the church began. When we pray, we pray for God to show us the tools, to show us the resources. And some of those will come from within us. Some of those will come only from God. And, and some of these tools are lying around the church or lying around our tool shed wherever it is that we get our help from but God will show us where to get what it is we need to do what we can do there's a lot we can pray for I want to one more we should pray for our own courage for our own strength and our own boldness to take action Because sometimes we know what we need to do and we know what the problem is and we know what God has shown us and we know where the tools are. We know... We just don't move. We're frightened. We're nervous. We're whatever reason. We're not sure. Sometimes we need that push, that encouragement, that boldness to go out and do what we're supposed to do. One of my common prayers is help me know what to do and then give me the courage and faith to go do it. It's easy to pray. It's not always as easy to do. Prayer is an action. Don't ever let anyone tell you that prayer is not doing something. Prayer is an action and sometimes it is the only action available to us. Sometimes it has to be enough. But there are many times, many times when prayer is the prelude to action, when prayer sustains the action and then when prayer is the prayer of thanksgiving when everything has been said and everything has been done. Don't ever let you, someone put you down saying, oh, you're just praying. But always pray saying, God, What else do I need to do to help? Let us pray. Most good and gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the power of prayer. We thank you for the gifts of prayer. We thank you for the things you've given us, the things you show us, the things you teach us. We thank you for that connection with you and that connection with others. Help us to pray and help us to pray always. But help us always to have eyes open to where our prayers will lead to action. And we will be part of the work, part of the miracle, part of your plan. Guide us, send us, uphold us. We pray in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen.